Whatever time you're listening to this, I would like to thank you for listening. This is the Leon Westport Podcast Show. If you are watching this, you can see I finally have the logo. I've been wanting for quite some time. It's finally here. It's done. Shout out to the guy who made it, uh, Terrence Gay. Uh, shout out to him, the artist, for making my work. But today I got a packed show. Haven't been here in a while. Haven't said much. Um, there's a lot I want to touch on. Uh, so to, to get started, I'll talk about the college football playoff. Later, later in the show, I'll talk about the NFL, the 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 playoff matchups this weekend. Who I got winning those games? I'll talk about the NBA, and uh, I'll also be ending the show with a new segment called the West Side of the Story, and that's just my my number one take of of, of sports across the weekend. And I'll give you that. So without without further ado, we'll get into it. So the college football playoff, it was a dud. And uh, I know a lot of people are saying the college, uh, the committee got it wrong. I'll dive on that later. But to me, I think it was just a matchup thing. If you watch the Alabama and Washington game, Alabama was clearly the better team. Like, there was nothing to be said about that. Um, I watched the play in the first quarter where Jonathan Allen uh, did a swim move on the right guard, and he moved him five yards back. Now, this is Jonathan Allen we're talking about. But nonetheless, he moved the right guard back and to the left about five or six yards and got the easiest sack uh, with a blocker involved that I've ever seen in my life. So I think that was a matchup thing. I think Washington just couldn't match up with Alabama. And to be honest with you, 99.9% of the teams in college football don't match up well with Alabama. Now, on the Ohio State side, the Ohio State-Clemson side, Ohio State just put up a dud. The point blank is simple, point or plain and simple. There was no reason to even watch that game. Um, they had chances early on. They got a quick interception, a, a kick return after Clemson kicked the early field goal and put them in field goal range both times and missed it. And to me, that was the momentum changer. I think for an offense, like I said, they got the interception and they got the kickoff return to get them in scoring range. The offense never moved the ball down there themselves. And I think it points what I got put on the board. It does something for your psyche. When you're not moving the ball and you still have no points, that, that doesn't do well for your psyche. It's kind of like a lot of people uh, say in basketball for shooters, if they see the ball go in the net, so they like to get them layups or, or, or free throws when shooters are in the slump. They see the ball go in the net, their mindset changes, and then they coincidentally start to hit shots. I think that would be the same case in the case of all of Alabama, or, or Ohio State. Clemson did a great job. All, the, all of Ohio State weaknesses seem to be Clemson's strengths. Uh, they couldn't pass the ball. Clemson has a solid secondary. Ohio State's offensive line has been inconsistent at best all season. Clemson has one of the top off or defensive lines in the country, and I think that just made for Clemson dismantling Ohio State. It looks like Ohio State defense didn't play well, but they did play. I can't say they played decently. They played up to their standard. It's just there's not much you can do when your offense is not moving the ball, getting three and outs, and you can't and you're constantly giving the ball to Deshaun Watson. You know, after three or four plays, it just it's just nothing you can do about that. It was a poor showing for the college uh, football playoff committee or, or for the college football playoff, but I don't think the committee got it wrong. And like I said, I'll dive into that later. Um, now, the Big Ten, uh, all season, we thought they were the best conference. They had four teams in the top ten to end the season, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, and Wisconsin. They have work to do in order to repair their image. 
um, Wisconsin was the only one of the big four to win. And now a lot of, uh, they had 10 bowl games. They were the underdogs in seven of them. They went three and seven. So by that logic, it was supposed to happen. But nonetheless, the big four, Wisconsin, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan were supposed to show up. And for the most part, they did, but they they went one and three. You can't be this best conference and everybody's crowning you champ of the best conference and then do what they did, like I said, going one and four in those games. Um, Wisconsin did, Wisconsin won, the only team to win, but they beat a group five team. So this, it's hard to, and Western, don't, don't disrespect the Western Michigan, but it's hard to gauge how good Wisconsin was seeing that they lost to Ohio State. Penn State and Michigan, and then they beat Western Michigan. It's hard to tell how good Wisconsin really was. Ohio State was a complete no-show. I think that was uh, the most disrespectful thing that they could have done to the Big Ten was to go in there and not score. Uh, they they didn't score. This is the first time since 1920, their first, very first very first bowl game in their history was the only time they didn't score in a bowl game. Ohio, uh, Urban Meyer hasn't uh, been held hasn't been shut out ever in his career, and they did that. So, like I said, that was embarrassing for Ohio State. Penn State had a huge lead. They were down, and then they uh, they had a 14-point a lead in that game against Penn State or against USC, and they blew it. And Michigan also put up a great fight, and then they lost to Florida State amid a little bit of controversy. Not much, but some controversy towards the end of the game. But going 1-3 and three is not good. And if you look at the ACC, they have the best bowl record, and they got a title game participant. You look at the Big 12, their number one team, Oklahoma, wins their bowl game. SEC best team, which is Alabama, obviously. They're, again, in the national championship game. And the Pac-12 recovered. Obviously, Washington didn't do so well, but nobody expected much from them, honestly, against Alabama. And I, I think if Washington loses that game, no matter how they lose it, nobody blames them for losing and the Pac-12 got to recover because of USC's victory. So I said all that to say next year, when we'll be discussing who deserved to get in, if all conferences have an equal champion or equal uh, uh, team as far as resumes are concerned, it'll be a de facto tiebreaker. I think this year might be a de facto, de facto tiebreaker that keeps the Big Ten out. Now, granted, they're not supposed to, they're supposed to take it season by season, but you can't help but to look at the last two times the Big Ten was in the college football playoff, they didn't score. You look at 38-0 last year, Michigan State, and 31-0 this year, Ohio State. So I think when if, if all things are equal, that could keep the Big Ten out. But then again, who knows? Like I said, they're supposed to take it year by year. We'll see how they do with that. But once again, that cannot help the Big Ten's reputation. And, uh, you know, but enough about the Big Ten. And Clemson and Alabama, the rematch, this is what we wanted. This, is, this, this game is going to be great. Alabama's clearly the best team. And Clemson with Deshaun Watson seems to only to be the seems to be the only team capable of beating Alabama. Like I said, we watched that great national championship last year, and everybody wanted more. And so this is what we're getting: Clemson versus Alabama. Um, I think part two will be great, and I don't think Deshaun Watson loses to those guys two times in a row. I got Clemson beating Alabama 24-17. It'll be a classic game. I think Clemson gets a touchdown late, and they win the game. So. Uh, whether or not you like the semifinal games, you know, we got Clemson, Alabama, and I'll get into more of that. I won't dive into it too much because that's being my West Side of Story. So we got Clemson, Alabama, and that should be a great college football national championship this Monday. Transitioning to the big boys. A lot of those guys on, on Saturdays are as, as aspiring to play in the NFL. A lot of guys are declaring their, their, um, 
declaring their draft rights or saying they're entering the draft. But speaking of NFL, you know, the NFL season came to a close last week. And uh, a lot of people have been speculating about who the MVP is going to be. A lot of mock MVP uh, votings coming out. I think I seen Matt Ryan win once. I seen Tom Brady win another. Just depending on what website or who you ask. And to me, the MVP is down to four quarterbacks. I know we talk a lot about Ezekiel Elliott, but to me, at this point, it comes down to four quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, and Derek Carr. And to me, I would have to give it to Brady or Rodgers. I, I wouldn't be mad with either one if they received the award. Brady has the best touchdown to inter- interception ratio in NFL history this season. He has 29 touchdowns and two picks. That's the best in NFL history. So I would give it to Brady. But if you gave it to Rodgers, here's why I wouldn't mind. Rodgers has won six in a row after telling everybody, relax. I think we can win out. They actually won out. Aaron Rodgers has 40 touchdowns and and seven interceptions on the season. I'm sorry. In the last seven, he has 15 touchdowns and no interceptions. That's seven games without a pick. That's unheard of. I think Brady went six or seven early on in the year. But seven games with no interceptions. When he said they were going to win out, he did everything he could. And his team won out. He got them a home playoff game. And they played the Giants this weekend. I think... uh, As far as Derek Carr, his injury has allowed us to see how valuable he is to Oakland. Oakland looked like a completely different team out there against Denver. Now, this ain't to say they would have won against Denver or would have blown out Denver in that final game. But nonetheless, they would have looked a lot better than what they did. They couldn't really move the ball at all without uh, Derek Carr. So that shows you how valuable he is to him. But to me, he hasn't done more than Rodgers or Brady. Now, Matt Ryan... He has a great season, almost had 5,000 yards passing, 39 touchdowns. Matt Ryan had a great season, but to me, the only reason I don't put Matt Ryan ahead of Rodgers and Brady's is I think he has the most weapons of the three quarterbacks. He has Julio Jones, Sanu has been a huge pickup, Tyler Gabriel has been a huge pickup, and he has the two best running backs of those three with Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. I think those three, those two running backs are a better running back than anybody has. LeGarrette Bunt has had a great season, don't get me wrong. But I think the two best running backs that Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, and Tom Brady have both reside in Atlanta. So he has the most weapons, and I think that's that's the only reason I'm not giving him the nod. Now, that isn't a knock on what he's done because he's done great. He's had a great season. I'm just saying he hasn't done as much as the others. The others have done the same or more with less talent. So that's the only reason I would give them the nod. And uh, so to me, the MVP should be Tom Brady. You know, and speaking of Tom Brady in New England, this is this is the one constant that I've seen in the NFL. I think a lot of people have recognized it as well. The one constant is New England. I don't think I've ever been more sure about a Super Bowl pick in my life than I am about picking New England. They have a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense and no other playoff team can claim that fact. Not one. Quite a few of them. Six of them, I believe. Six out of the 12, I believe, are in the top 10. But no other in, in offense, but no other team can claim that they're top 10 in both. Not one team can do that, but New England can. And I think, obviously, Tom Brady got suspended for the Flake Gate. I think he wants the MVP. I think he wants the Super Bowl. I think he wants the Super Bowl MVP. And I think he wants to throw all of that in Roger Goodell's face as Roger Goodell is handing him those trophies. I think Tom Brady is on a mission. They're 14 and 2, they got home foot advantage. Whoever they play next round, it will not be Pittsburgh, Pitch, Pittsburgh, and I cannot see anybody outside of Pittsburgh beating New England in the AFC. Like I said, I'll get I'll get to that some more later on. But New England is the only constant, 
And I, like I said, I don't think I've ever been sh- more sure about a Super Bowl pick than I am right now, other than when New England was 16-0 and and we thought they were just going to run through and win the Super Bowl, beating everybody by, f- beating everybody by 40. Um, another Super Bowl pick, the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody wants to talk about the Dallas Cowboys, so I figured, hey, why not? Uh, what would a show be without talking about the Cowboys, America's team? Now, that's that's another debate to be had. But Tony Romo, he went out there, he got him a series, and he looked he looked sharp. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. He didn't get hit, <laughs> you know, so we don't know how he would have done if he got hit, but he looked sharp in his one drive, going three for four, 33 yards, and a touchdown to Terrence Williams. And to be honest with you, I'm glad they stuck with Dak. But Romo seems capable of called upon. Romo seemed like he didn't miss a beat. Um, he's a veteran. And as much as people want to hate on him for not winning playoff games, there's no denying how good Tony Romo is. Tony Romo is a great, 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 great quarterback. And to me, Zeke winning the rushing title and the health of Tyron Smith is the, are the biggest key. I think both of those quarterbacks are capable of winning playoff games with that line playing their best, Ezekiel Elliott playing their best, and their defense getting timely stops. I think Dallas will have a, a great chance of making a Super Bowl. Like I said, I won't get into that until a later podcast, but I think Dallas has a great chance. And uh, I just wanted to say Tony Romo looks sharp. And uh, shout out to Ezekiel Elliott for leading the league in a Russian. Transitioning to the playoffs and what's the playoff that games that are going on this weekend. We got Houston versus Oakland. And I think that's going to be an ugly game. You got Houston who can't get the quarterback position right. Haven't since uh, Bill O'Brien has been there. Uh, Oakland, you know, lost Derek Carr two weeks ago. And now they have a rookie making his first start. I think it's going to be ugly. And I... I'm only making this pick because I trust Houston's defense more than I trust Oakland's. I got it the 21 to 7, Houston 21 to 17, Houston, but I wouldn't be shocked if Oakland won. I was telling anybody who would listen, I thought Connor Cook was the best quarterback in this draft. Clearly, Dak Prescott has proven me wrong, but uh I think given the shot, he has weapons. He has Latavius Murray in the backfield, uh Cooper, and he has uh Alfred a tight end. Uh, uh, uh Michael Crabtree at the, on the other side of the receiver. So I wouldn't be shocked if Oakland won. Like I said, I think Connor Cook was the best quarterback, or did at a time think he was the best quarterback. So I think Oakland has a chance, especially being how uh, being being it so that Houston has been inept at the quarterback position for quite some time. But I got a 21-17 Houston advancing, and uh, I got Houston probably playing against the New England Patriots in the Pittsburgh Miami game. Let we just have to pray. We we literally have to pray that Pittsburgh. Uh, wins that game because what Miami showed me last week gives me no indication that they had a they would have a chance in a playoff game at New England with Tom Brady with a week off and as focused as he is so let us let us pray Pittsburgh wins that game and we get a Pittsburgh versus Kansas City division around because if not that Miami New England game is going to be just utterly uh, just a utter debacle I think New England would destroy him but nonetheless I got Pittsburgh winning that game 35 to 17 I don't think Matt Moore has enough uh to 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 get them over the top Jay Ajaji or uh, Jay Ajaji or Adaji whatever how you say his name he's been solid all season but I don't think he'll be enough and I think the firepower Le'Veon Bell Antonio Brown Ben Roethlisberger I think it's too much for Miami to overcome and like I said I don't think this game will be close with Matt Moore quarterback Pittsburgh 35 17 Seattle versus Detroit. It'll be a defensive slugfest because, honestly, Russell Wilson has been up and down all season. We haven't got a consistent Russell Wilson all season. Heck, 
ever since Seattle has lost Earl Thomas, their defense has been up and down. And we're used to Seattle, if one thing is for certain, we're used to Seattle playing great defense. And we just haven't seen them play at the level that we're that they're that they are capable of. But nonetheless, I think it's a defensive slugfest. I don't think Detroit will be able to muster up enough points in Seattle. Got Seattle winning that game 20 to 10 and Seattle heading to Atlanta in the following week to take on the Falcons. In the New York Giants and Green Bay game, I think this will be a great game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know he's pass happy. The Giants have three corners capable of locking down uh, on a moment's notice. If Pierre Paul comes back, they have a nice pass rush, the number one rushing uh, defense in the league. Or number three, I'm sorry, number three rushing defense in the league. I think this will be a good matchup. But in the end, I can't see Eli Manning. He's been inconsistent. I know a lot of people like to think he's got some kind of magic in the playoffs, but I don't see it happening. I think Green Bay is on a roll. They're at home. I got Aaron Rodgers, 31-20 Green Bay. And I think Green Bay heads to Dallas to take on the Cowboys in the divisional round. Now, NFL will give us some great, some great games. And NFL has been intriguing all season. And the number two sport in America, people would say college football, but NBA is right up there. So, But the, the NFL is constantly intriguing to us. But what I have noticed is the NBA this season has not been. Although, um, in the NBA, we've had some great performances. We've had eight 50-point scores, which is an NBA record. And uh, the season still has, you know, months to go. Anthony Davis is averaging pretty much 30 and 10 with three blocks. Russell Westbrook averaging a triple-double, 30, 10, and 10. James Harden averaging pretty much 30, <laughs> 12 assists and 8 rebounds, which is unheard of. Mike D'Antoni and James Harden are my coach of the year and MVP at this very moment. And then LBJ, is he's not far off. You look at LeBron James, number this is one of the best years of his career, averaging 26 points, 9 assists, and 8 rebounds. But to be honest with you, I am bored to death of any game that isn't the Cavaliers versus the Warriors. I mean, both teams lead their conference, and the intensity that you've seen in the Christmas Christmas Day game has been unmatched. You cannot point to a game this season that has been anywhere near the level of intensity that that game put off. There's no, There was no game. There's no team. There's nothing that can match that. And I think this is a long and drawn-out season, and we all want one thing. Cavs versus Warriors, June 5th, or whenever the final start. That is what we want. That is what we're waiting for. And until then, the NBA season will probably bore me to death. Now, I love basketball. Do not get me wrong. I'm guaranteeing intriguing things will happen. The MVP race will be one of the more intriguing things that we've seen in recent history history with Russell Westbrook, James Harden, LeBron James, and like I said, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, not so much if he can get his team to win. Right now, it's a two-horse race, but obviously... Things could settle down, and uh, I think LeBron is a couple games away from entering himself in the conversation, and Anthony Davis is a win streak or two away from entering himself in the conversation. So that'll be intriguing. The All-Star game is always fun. Um, Watching the skills competition and whatnot, that's always fun. So intrigue will be there for the NBA season. Somebody will get dunked on. You know, great things will happen. But in the end, we are all waiting for one thing, and that's Cavaliers versus the Warriors, part three. And uh, so... Last thing I want to discuss with the NBA, and uh, in a few, obviously, uh, you know, I'll dive into the NBA a little more at a later date. But the last thing I want to want to discuss is the fascination with people, and I've been seeing it on Fox Sports a lot. Fox Sports has been dying to talk LeBron James, uh, LeBron James, Michael Jordan. I refuse to have this debate any further until LeBron James's career has ended. Here's why. We can talk a lot 
we all know right now, if their career in the right now, resume-wise, LeBron, uh, Michael Jordan will be better. The debate of who's better just kind of depends on what you look at. You know, LeBron James could do more. He's bigger. He's faster, stronger, things like that. But people like Jordan's killer instinct. So some people say he's better just because of that. So you could argue who's better based off of intangibles all day long. But as far as resume are concerned, we're sitting here debating, oh, what? well, what if LeBron did this? Well, LeBron is projected to do that. Like the career, like the future is so unpredictable. Like we can't keep having debates about LeBron and Jordan based off of, oh, if LeBron, what if, but if he could, he can only if he has this many years. We don't know what, how many years he has left as a top tier basketball player. We don't know what he's going to do. So we're just having this argument time after time after time about projections of what we think LeBron will do. I'm done having that conversation. Resume rise right now. Michael Jordan is clearly clearly the greatest player of all time, um, as, you know, in, in, in my eyes. I'll, I'll admit that. As far as intangibles, that's another conversation. Like I said, I don't even want to get into that. But I will not have that debate. Who's the GOAT until LeBron James's career is over? That is the last thing I will say about it. You know, somebody will mention it. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I'm not diving in. I've had that conversation way too many times. I've been having that conversation for seemingly the last five or six years. LeBron is not done. Let the man finish, and then we can have a discussion. And last but not least... This is my final, um, my final, uh, the last thing I'm thinking about. This is the final, you know, this is the West side of the story, right? This is the topic, or this is the, uh, this is the, uh, this is the new portion of the show. Like I said, West side of the story, and this is my, my number one topic throughout the week. And here it is. So listen, the committee got it right. It's easy to say they were wrong. Since Ohio State and Washington scored a combined seven points. But to be honest with you, if Penn State got in, they would have played against Alabama, and I don't think they would have fared much better. Now, you can say Washington versus Clemson would have been a better game just because Ohio State didn't score, and that game was barely even watchable. Now, arguments could have been made at the time of the selection for or against Washington, Ohio State, and Penn State. All of them had glaring holes in their resumes. Washington, the best team they played, USC, they were manhandled up front. Ohio State, they lost to Penn State, who won the Big Ten, but Penn State had two losses, one by pretty much 40 points and the other to a five-loss team. So all of those guys had holes in their resume and also had things that were upward. But the fact still remains, Clemson and Alabama were the two best teams, and we thought that coming out of the national championship game last year, most people assumed both teams would be right back in this position. When we looked at it last year, as soon as the game ended, people were like, if you look at the rosters, this guy's coming back for Bama, that guy's coming back for Clemson, so on and so forth. They should be back here next year or should be one of the favorites to be back here next year. That was illustrated, couldn't have been illustrated better than both teams starting out one and two in the AP poll. This is what we projected. This is what we wanted most. Did we want better showings from the semifinal matchups? Sure. But in the end, this is what we wanted. The committee got it right. Even if the performances in the semifinals do not agree, I do. This has been Leon West. This is the Leon West Show. I'd like to thank you for listening. If you're listening, have a good day. Peace. It's never been about hating. We just know we better. We better. And if you doubt it, then show me better. You gon' have to show me. We in the building like we never left. Never. And 
we've been looking, we found a squad that's better, yeah, no, no, no. we got the best squad in the building, in the building.